This is the Stop Time Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Hopkins, and I'm here to engage you in thought-provoking motivational conversations around practicing the art of living in the moment. I'm a certified life coach, and I'm excited to dig deep and offer insights into embracing who we are and where we are at. When, when my next guest was growing up, she had ambitions to attend West Point and continue a career in the military until her junior year of high school, when her life took a complete 180. She traded her military ambitions and combat boots for her artistic endeavors and has never looked back. A proud Filipina-American, she recently starred as the first Asian-American Joanna Jefferson in Paper Mill Playhouse's production of Rent, and is currently making her Broadway debut in the company of the first Broadway revival of Stephen Sondheim's Merrily We Roll Along, starring Daniel Radcliffe, Jonathan Groff, and Lindsay Mendez. I've had the pleasure of working with her in the dance studio at Pace University, and I am so delighted to catch up with her today. Liana Concepcione, welcome. Hi. <laughs> it's so amazing to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. It's it's just, you know, it's so funny because so many of you that I've worked with, I know you just I just know you're going places, right? And and oh. it's it's so nice to continue in your journey. You know, like as a as a teacher you know, you come in and you come out of my world, right? And then, I, and then I sort of watch vicariously. So me also moving on in my career a little bit and being more sort of the, you know, from this angle, it's so nice to be able to check in with some of the folks that I've worked with. Yeah, absolutely. That is, I think that's the beauty of um, of our industry. I think that sets us apart from everyone else is you can move on from certain things, but the people you've met along the way are still somehow in your orbit. I think that's one of the best parts of of what we do. I agree. I absolutely agree. So, okay, we have to, we have to, you have to tell me about this West Point dream. I didn't know about that. And I think that's really interesting. uh, Yeah. I went to military school. It it was like a type of like ROTC, but it was for a program specifically in California called the California Cadet Corps. And I did that for six years. So I started seventh grade until I graduated high school. And I did it first to kind of appease my dad because he was a Navy vet. And then my my mom's dad was also a Navy vet. So I was like, yeah, I'll give it a try. And I ended up really falling in love with it. So I was convinced that I was going to actually do that with my life. That's amazing. But, so what yeah. was it that you loved about it? I'm so curious. I think... It's it's actually interesting because when I decided to give that up and go into theater, I was like, wow, this sucks. I'm never going to like use any of these skills again. And and I've come to realize over the years, I'm like, actually, so many of the skills that I think drew me to it, I use to this day, such as like the time management aspect of it. Um, I think I've always been a very disciplined person. So being in that environment allowed me to kind of blossom in a way that I I think I needed something to do with like all of whatever that was. <laughs> um, and it kind of gave me something to put all of that energy into. Um, yeah. So there was something about just like the discipline that I really enjoyed. Um, and it just worked a different part of, of who I was. Like I, I thought it also helped build my ability to lead and like to understand tactfulness, which has also been super useful in my career so far. So yeah. So it just gave me a lot of I think outside skills that I had no idea would transfer into the acting world, but they totally have. Oh my gosh, that's pretty cool. We could just talk all day about this. I find it so fascinating because I believe that no matter what we do, 
and no matter what we're doing, that what came before there, there's stuff to, to excavate and to take from there. There are gifts and skills, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So you said the tactfulness, talk to me about how that's helped you. Yeah. I mean, you know, having tact, it's, I guess it's very similar, similar to having empathy, right. In certain situations, like it's just, it, it, it helped, it has helped. And obviously it's still something I'm still working on today, but in situations where I could become maybe upset, frustrated, or irritable, um, it just kind of allows me to try and understand from a different perspective and then like meet, meet those people or meet those situations with just a little bit more ease or a little bit more like level-mindedness rather than allowing myself to like get upset because, you know, at the end of the day, like I'm not discrediting what we do, but we are, you know, putting on a play. So it's, it's not like the biggest, it's not, um, it's, it is a big thing because I love it, but you know what I mean? It, it just allows me to kind of put into perspective, um, the things that are maybe making me upset, um, in the moment and allowing it me to like hit it head on and do better about navigating through things. Um, and just like, I don't know, being kind to other people, which is like kind of what tact is, is just like being a good person to other people in situations that may merit uh, a different response, if that makes sense. No, that makes a lot of sense. And it's interesting because tact kind of, it's such a cool word when you think about it. So I'm thank you for bringing it to the table. It's kind of interesting to, for me as a coach to think about it because yes, I'm hearing that it's big picture thinking, right? Which helps you, which yeah. is like removing yourself from the immediate. And also what comes to mind for me is it's the responding rather than reacting. So it's that pause yes. before you act. So tact Yes, it does, you know, sort of in a in engagement in war, of course, is is yeah. is more tactical because you need to win or save your life. But in a exactly. conversation, right? Yeah, there's such yeah. a such a parallel. Well, it's, yeah, and I mean it's even like that, even in conversation military-wise, too, right? Because you're always dealing with power dynamics, right? Because you're gonna have people who are a higher rank than you. Um, so it's one of those things where you should always be like respected as a leader rather than feared and respect comes from being tactful because if I had someone who was above me, who I I am in the wrong, but they're constantly berating me or yelling at me or telling me that I suck and I'm terrible. Like my respect for that person is going to go like down. Right. But if I have a leader or someone I look up to who under, maybe I did make a mistake, but they have an understanding of like how to speak to me or like wanting me to get better there's a difference between that and just like telling someone they suck because you can, and you're not going to get in trouble for it. If that makes sense. Absolutely. That makes so much sense. And, and, you know, you're speaking to, you know, the opportunity to learn. So when you have, when you're working with a good leader, it's usually when something didn't work, the person knows it didn't work. They don't need somebody to tell them it didn't tell them. (laughs) <laughs> precisely <laughs> precisely <laughs> and therefore you know the the open-ended questions and again that's my world is is to say so you know what what did you what did you learn from this yeah so so you said you said that your dad um you, you're kind of following your dad's footsteps or at least he it sounds like he encouraged you a little bit to do this yeah was there any resistance on your part or was it just like what were you honoring were you honoring his wishes the choice to do it talk yeah. to me about that yeah Oh, <laughs> well, you you might think that the answer is to honor his wishes, but in reality, actually, this program 
while I was super interested in it, it also got me out of doing PE in school. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So that was actually my, my, like the, the real reason why I was like, yeah, I'll try it. And I ended up literally falling in love with it. And I was like, yeah, I'll never do PE again in my life. But, love it. but that's actually the real reason why um, why I decided to pull the trigger and do it. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> hilarious. PE. <laughs> yeah. I too, I too tried to get out of PE every time, every chance I could, which is funny because I'm a very physical I person. Like it. Yeah, I, I mean, same, but I just, I didn't like PE. I just, I don't know. I don't know I'm, what it was. I should probably like go see a therapist about it, but I just don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So where was the turning point for you? What what was that sort of, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. So it was my, my, so my sophomore year, I switched high schools for like one semester because I was being bullied at my high school. So I was like, I have to go. And so I went to this other school called Rev, Redlands, Redlands East Valley. And I reconnected with a friend of mine named Carly. And Carly was like, hey, like, there's actually this new dance conservatory that's opening up in our town. You should totally give it a try. And it was called Brockus Conservatory. And I was like, yeah, sure. And another ulterior motive in my brain was if I apply to West Point and I danced, I was like, it'll make my application look a little bit more (laughs) well-rounded. I was like, yeah, I'll dance. Why not? Um, So I started dancing my sophomore year of high school. And it was conservatory style. So I would be in school um until like 2 30 and then we would start dancing at 3 30 and I probably wouldn't get home until around nine. So it was like really a long part of my day. Um and I loved it because again, this you you know the, the discipline it takes to be in those dance classes and to want to get better and to like harness whatever that is. Um i I had been doing that for four years at that point with like just like the idea of being disciplined. So I was like wait this is another avenue where I could like really put all this energy into um, and I became pretty obsessive with it. I loved it. I like fell in love with dance to the point where I was like, I'm going to be a ballerina at five, two and short legs, but it was never going to happen. But at the time it seemed like a great idea. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so I started dancing and then my junior year, Brockus, the dance conservatory, they had like a sister school, um, in Palm Springs, which was about like a 45 minute commute drive. Um, called MTU, which is Musical Theater University. And that's where I was first like shown professional theater. Um, because what the cool thing about MTU is that it, it's it it was made by this man named David Green, who's one of the founding people of OSHA. Um, and basically it's this after school musical theater program where they would put on musicals and all of the like teen characters would be played by the students and he would fly out Broadway talent to play the adults. So you would get to do shows with like these amazingly talented Broadway performers. Um, so it was just like super cool in terms of learning. But yeah, so the fall of my junior year, uh, I auditioned for Hairspray. That was like their first show that was ever happening at MTU. And I ended up playing Penny. And I was like, wait, wow. this is fun. Yeah. And then the spring, (laughs) it's such a long story, but then the spring we did a chorus line and I played Deanna Morales. And I just remember, it's like something that I think about to this day and it gives me like chills. Our like closing performance, you know, we're all singing what I did for love. And I just remember finishing that number and being like, whoa, like 
I don't ever want to not feel this for the rest of my life. And then it was kind of just from then on, I had a, a summer basically until the start of my senior year where I started to have to apply to college and start auditioning to kind of learn as much as I could in terms of college audition process and what schools are good and what schools maybe aren't, et cetera, et cetera. And I did it literally by myself because I was the first person, I think, in my town to ever try to pursue a professional career in in New York and in musical theater. Wow. Yeah. What, a, what a great story. Did you feel supported uh, from from your community, like in your family to, to come out east? It's funny because whenever we choose the arts, right, our parents are reticent because they know how hard yeah. it can be. Did yeah. you face any of that or? Yeah, you know, it, it's it's so funny that you say that because my mom, I mean, my mom is like the best. Um, and, but she's also brutally honest. And I think that if she didn't think I wasn't good enough to do it, definitely she probably would have been like, absolutely not. You are not doing that. You're going to military school or whatever. But because she believes that I actually could do this, uh, she has been like so supportive, her and my stepdad and all of my friends, uh, everyone has been incredibly supportive, but I think it's only because she really thought that I was good. <laughs> That's so interesting because, you know, you, you think that every, every mother thinks they're good, you know, their kid is good, but it sounds like, you know, that, you know, that your mom has a certain honesty yeah, she, criteria. Well, well, yeah. Even now she'd be like, Oh, that's interesting. Like, wait, did you mean to like do that note like that? And I'm like, mom, you don't even know what singing is. Like you can't, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's no, cool. she's incredibly supportive. And um, I honestly, I wouldn't have been able to even begin to move to New York or, you know, go to pace without her. So very supportive, even to this day. So that's yeah. so cool. And would you say that she has tact? When she wants to. <laughs> <laughs> right. So probably her tactlessness sometimes is kind of like the reality check, right? It's like, whoa. Yeah, it's kind of helpful. Yeah. That's you know, amazing. She, she brings she brings me down to earth a lot, which is nice. What's one thing that you might tell younger self then when your younger self was like, no, this military thing is for me and, or, or go back as far as you want. What's one thing yeah. that you might tell younger self now that maybe they would have wanted to hear? Hmm. I think I would probably tell myself I would, I do it now, but I feel like for a long time I didn't um, is to just allow myself to nerd out and be so unabashedly in love with the things that interest me if that's what's going to make me happy right like in the space I'm in now I'm one of the youngest people and I am like such a, like Broadway fangirl <laughs> so I'm just constantly being like oh my god in this Broadway and that Broadway and, la, la, la. and I'm so supportive and loved in that and it's like funny for people um because I think it reminds a lot of people of, of what they were when they were my age. Right. And it's something that I like hope that I have for the rest of my life as I, as I continue on. Um, but I think for a long time, I was like embarrassed by like my love and my nerdiness of, of it all. And, and wanting to just talk about it all the time and, and learn everything there is. But I think like that is such a waste because like, why wouldn't you be excited about the things that you love and that make you happy? And like, why wouldn't you want to share that and like lead with that? Um, so I think I would go back and tell myself that it's like totally okay. Um, because when I, when I do nerd out like that, I'm so excited. The people who that brings joy to, or the people that join me in that are going to be my people. And 
the more I do it, the more I will find those people. So I think that's what I would tell myself. That's pretty cool. Two things come to mind is one is, isn't it funny how we call it or how you called it um, nerding out as if, as if it needs some sort of caveat, right? So on the one hand, you're letting yourself out, but on the other hand, you kind of maybe take it over the edge so that it, it could be called nerding out so that you could then laugh at yourself too, right? There's a tactfulness there again, right? Yeah. That's interesting. I never thought about it like that. Yeah. So what would be different, do you think, if it was full allowance? And it's interesting because, well, I have, you know, I have the advantage of of knowing you um, and you, you are really good at presenting yourself way beyond your years. Like when I first met you, you were so together and mature and organized. You organized a lot of the programs at Pace. I remember you were, you were definitely a leader. Yeah. And you would you would be on time for class and you would be ready and you would know your stuff and and all of that. And it's interesting because you were in some ways hard to read this other side of you. And it's interesting when you when you share with me that you say, now I'm now I'm realizing that. Sounds like you realize that you're letting that out, yeah. but you're still letting it out with that caveat, right? With that caveat of it's an it's nerdy me, which does yeah. that feel safer? Do you think? Why why is that? Talk yeah. to me. Yeah, I don't know. It's actually I really love that you you um said that about I'm very hard to read because I it's actually something that I still it's not even I struggle with it's just like it's just something that has come up like in the last show that I did um someone wrote me a card and they were like now that I've had more time with you I completely understand who you are and like how you come off and I was like that's so interesting because because I think I spent a lot of my time up here and this like yeah that's bad like bubbly like really excited when I come down and when I am like that discipline focus and like all that, like honestly, military stuff comes in, um, that sometimes comes off in a certain way that like, I don't tend for it to, which, which means I just get really hard to read or like, I'm very, um, inward or I'm very, um, oh, what's the word, uh, like, in, like introverted in a sense. Um, and, and then immediately people are like, oh, she's mad. <laughs> I'm like, oh, she's serious. I'm like, well, I can be, but I think, um, back to your question. It's very interesting because I say this being like, gosh, I wish people like understood that I am a complex person. Right. Um, because we all are, but I think it's so funny because I'm like, gosh, I wish people understood that. I'm like, understood that when I'm not up here, I'm still this. I'm just like in a different way, but then we do the same thing, right? When we're meeting new people, we judge based off of what we are receiving and what we are seeing on the outside. But we, and then, but then we forget, I'm like, Oh, that person's super complex. And like, they're not mad or they're not this because they're just like, they're just processing the things that are happening in front of them that I'm also processing in my way. It sounds like a really interesting, if I can just sort of um, dig in there a little bit with, uh, I wish people saw me as more complex. Now that's interesting. Now I get that. I mean, we all would like to be seen in the way in the way that we are. So why do you wish that? Why is that important to you? Um, well, because I think it's just a really good reminder because um, actually this is, this is really cool. It's like so many, so many full circles. The other day, Sandy, who's, who's Dan's dresser on the show. Um, she like came up to me and she's like, are you always this happy? And I was like, yeah, like for the most part, I'm always this happy. She's like, that's amazing. She's like, but the moment that you aren't like that because of whatever reason, it's okay. And I was like, huh, like that was a really nice reminder too, because the complexity of that, right. Of like, I am going to have moments where I'm not going to be as happy and excited and whatever. Um, and that's 
and like the allowance to like let that happen is also okay. And I think sometimes when people are super optimistic or super happy all the time, the second they aren't that, then people are like, oh, like what's wrong? Or because sometimes I'm like, maybe I just want to be chill. <laughs> maybe I just want to be chill today. <laughs> or maybe I'm just a little sleepy. So I want to like really hold on to my energy and like really use it and and allow it. So I think the complexity, even as simple as that, of just like, I'm going to bring my energy level here rather than here. But then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, what's wrong? But there doesn't have to be anything wrong. I'm just, I'm just bringing it down a little bit. You know what I mean? So I think it's even as simple as that, the complexities of just like, I'm going to be a little bit closer to earth today <laughs> rather than up in the rafters, if that makes sense. But I hear you when you say that, you know, when people say, are you like this all the time? It's so interesting because yeah, your instinct is to say, yeah, I feel pretty good all the time, but you're feeling pretty good is not always going to look the same. True. True. There are some days where I am so happy and I don't really want to talk. Yeah. <laughs> which, which will be surprising to some people because I feel like I talk all the time, but there are some days where I'm just like, I am just high on life and I just want to chill. But then the second I'm not talking, they're like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm fine. And actually, if you ask me what's wrong, I'm going to get mad. So what's your definition of living in the moment? Hmm. I think it changes. Um, but I think what it is, is allowing myself to experience whatever is currently happening and whatever is coming up, whether it be thoughts, emotions, and then allowing those in and not being afraid of them or wanting to push them away. Um, and meeting them like head on, I think is, is the definition for me. Um, cause I think it's, it's actually why I started journaling because even my, mo- my most best friend in the whole entire world, I can talk to them about everything, but I think no matter what we as humans will always be afraid of judgment. Um, even from the person that loves us the most. Right. And that's why journaling is so awesome because I really can say whatever I want and it's for me and I will not judge myself. (laughs) Right. I will allow myself to say and think whatever I want, knowing that there is no judgment from the page. Um, so I think living in the moment kind of has a similar thing of like, I should allow myself to feel whatever it is that I'm feeling and then, and then try and understand it and work through it or whatever, or just take it as what it is and be like, all right, I'm going to put that in my back pocket, you know? Or like, okay, save that for later. Let's let's talk about that later, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And what gets in your way of that, of being in the moment? Um, I think I love to plan. I'm a big planner, super type A. Um, and I think in our industry, it's really hard to live in the moment because, for the most part, everything that we do has an end date, um, and. I actually, this is something I learned doing Merrily Off-Broadway. Previously to that, I had really only done um, limited engagements of all the shows that I've been doing. So there was an end date. And I knew that on this day, I will not have a job and I need to find a new one. So it's really hard for me to enjoy the end of processes because I'm always looking for that next job. But with Merrily, I knew how special that that environment, that those people... And that show was, and I was like, I cannot allow myself to let this, these feelings pass me by because I don't know if I'm ever going to get this, get this again. Um, so it was actually, I honestly turned, I turned some, some new leaf during that show 
And it like completely changed my perspective and outlook of just like, I need to enjoy it and whatever will come, will come and it will come at its time. And I shouldn't worry about looking for the next thing. Um, I can obviously focus on it and put my energy there, but I shouldn't be hell bent on finding it and then missing out on like being here right now. So yeah, so that's what kind of changed for me. And I've been able to bring that into like everything that I'm that I've done ever since, which is so exciting because you can do both. Like you can't have one or the other. You can literally do both. Um, and I think it's just like having that allowance of like the show that I will do next will come. I will put in the work, but it will come when it comes. And I can't just like, you know, I can't just wield it into existence. Um, I can work my ass off, but we'll see, right? There's so many other things that I can't control. So it's like, why am I going to waste energy trying to make it happen when I have something really amazing right in front of me as well? No, I mean, it's um, it makes perfect sense. And if we were working together, I would call you out on some of the words you used when when you're associating um, really great insights, right? The really great turns of uh, of mind, right? Mm-hmm. And I I would hold. Can I can I just point them out? Just to, I'll throw them out. Sure. So you said I need to enjoy this right now, and I shouldn't be thinking about those. Those are those are fear based mm. values, right? When when we have need, then we're aware of scarcity. Yeah. Um, as opposed to abundance. So when you yeah. when you shift the need that I need to, right, to I want to. Yeah. Right. And to choice with gratitude, which I call I get to. I get to be here. Oh yeah. I love to get. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, I love to get. So obviously I'm doing Merrily right now. And it's gonna be my longest run that I've ever worked on. So, you know, with anything, when you're doing something for a long time, sometimes it can be burdensome on some days. Maybe I'm going through some stuff and I'm like, God, I really don't want to go to work, whatever. And I think like it can be super easy, especially with what we do to be like, I have to do this again. But like you said, changing that perspective, I, so, and I, like I said, I, I'm a planner. So I know, I, I know I have eight shows a week. I know my show schedule, but I like to put it in my calendar because I know I have something to do. You know what I mean? So every show that I have, up until the day that we close, I have it as you get to be on Broadway. Just as a reminder, just as a reminder, because there are going to be some days where I'm like, I really don't want to do this. Or I'm like, "Ah, I'm feeling a little like, ah, you know, and I think just having that reminder of it's it's a get, I'm, I'm allowed here and I'm allowed to do this with people that I really love. It's just so exciting. So I love that you brought that up because that is, I agree with you, um, so much with just like, just those it's like very small perspective shifts oh yeah um i really like that yeah i think that's where i'm at now is i i have switched that mentality of like it's not scarcity it's happening right now and i want to enjoy it and i want to take every moment as what it is and i get to play with some of my closest, most loved friends and also get paid, which is really cool. <laughs> but yeah, so I think um, I really love how you just showed that the the five, whatever this is called, I can't explain it. Um, energetic choices. Yeah. Energetic choices. Because I think that is so right. I think that, that is so right. Because you're right. The fatigue of should, there is total fatigue there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you have to have, I think you have to have those moments to get to the get. Yeah. And once again, and it want. doesn't mean, yeah, it doesn't mean that, you know, when you're not at, I get that you failed. That's the thing True. is what it means is when True. you're, when you're not at, I get, you can recognize that you're not there. And then you look at, you look at where you are and you, t- you, t- you make choices about what adjustments you might make in order to shift your energy. It's just yeah, all absolutely. about awareness, you know? That's so cool. Yeah. I yeah, love yeah. it. So what, what's the hardest thing you've ever done? Hmm. Oh, the hardest thing I've ever done is when I was in military school, I did a survival course for six days. So I was paired with two other girls. It was six days. All we had were three knives, a tarp, canteens, iodine tablets to clean the river water um, so we could drink it. And is that all we got? Yeah, that's all we got. And we we survived in NorCal for six days. And we had to complete different different tasks. Like we had to build shelter. We had to build a fire pit. We had to be able to send signals. And then as a final, well, we also had to hunt, like not hunt, we had to gather, see if we could find any food, which there was nothing because it was the dead of winter in NorCal. The only thing we found were cattails, but they weren't in season, so we couldn't eat them, like the plant. And as a final, we had to actually catch and kill and prepare chicken, a chicken. And if we could start a fire and we could eat it, which we couldn't start our fire in time. So we only were able to cook one little leg between the three of us. (laughs) And then we had to bury the rest because of bears. Um, But yeah, that was the hardest thing I've ever done because time is so crazy. And the ability for us in our everyday life to tell time is amazing. And when you don't have that, you're kind of like, what time is it? Like, how much longer? Right. And it's like that idea of like, so what are we going to do now? (laughs) Right. Um, But that's probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. Because by day three, I wasn't really hungry anymore. So you kind of lose that. So it's mostly just a mental game of just like, how much longer are we out here for? Can we find anything? What else can we be doing? How do I survive without all mm. of the necessities of like what I have in my home? So it's very cool. That's probably the hardest thing I've ever done. It was mostly a mental game. Yeah. But it was it was one of the coolest things and probably one of the things that I am most proud of that I was able to accomplish. It's That's pretty unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I will say though, at the end of it, we finally like got brought out and they gave us a water bottle and an apple. And after drinking iodine water, we really do take for granted filtered <laughs> bottled water. It's like pretty incredible, like the taste of cold filtered water. And yeah, <laughs> it's like amazing. <laughs> and I also never, ever, ever say I'm starving anymore because I actually have been starved and I am like, I don't know what that is. And like, you know what I mean? So now I'm like, I'm just really, really hungry, but I'm never starving because I starved for six days. So it's like also something that I've, that I've brought, that I've brought with me into life. But yeah, so that's, that's probably the coolest thing I've done. That's amazing. No wonder like doing a Broadway show is, is a happy thing for you. I mean, it's like, yeah, so fun. you, you can survive say. six days in that you can i mean come on yeah it's play right yeah. play time oh god 
Yeah, that's amazing. What's what's the uh, what's the easiest thing? What's the easiest thing you've ever done? The easiest thing? Oh gosh, I don't know. What is the easiest thing I've ever done? I don't know. Probably going to a music festival. I feel like that's pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I love it. Is there is there anything that you sort of dream of doing that you haven't put out there in the universe yet? Like, is there anything kind of percolating back there? Maybe just a little intuitive hit that maybe comes and goes a glimmer. Is there anything that you haven't put out in the universe yet that you'd like to do? Um, yeah, I think there are two things. Is that okay? Can I share two things? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cause one of them is it really comes out of like left field. I really, really want to DJ. <laughs> I really think that I could do it. <laughs> I like really love like the EDM scene with like all the visuals and the lasers and stuff. And I was at a concert the other day and I was like, I could totally do this. And I like, I literally spent the entire concert, like thinking of ideas. <laughs> I was like, this is so funny. It's a very typical me, but I think that's the one that comes out of left field is I think I want to try my hand in it. I got a, I got a lot of learning to do first. Um, but yeah, I think I want to try and try and see if there's anything there. Um, and I think the other thing that's been percolating for a long time is I would love to also produce again that's a lot of that's a lot of learning too um but I'm like excited by that and I'm excited to understand I've always been like that I don't remember where I picked this up but at some point in my life so far someone was like the worst thing one of the worst things that an actor can do is allow the money people and the people who do your contracts to do the money and to do your contracts and to have no understanding of what it is that they're talking about um, so now with like everything that I do, I, it's so funny. I ask so many questions to everyone because I just want to understand. I would, I want to understand how everything works, even if it's just, you know, very surface level understanding of certain things. But I'm also just like, so curious. I'm so curious how, how, what the audience sees happens. And I have all of that information at the tip of my fingers. I just got to ask the questions. You know what I mean? Um, so producing would be something that I'd be super interested in because that is like a whole other part of, of our business that I think would be fascinating to not only understand, but also to potentially like uh, take part in at some point. Mm. What do you know? What do you know will stay true about you no matter what happens? Hmm. I think my, my loyalty will say. Um, which I think is actually probably pretty interesting because, you know, if you've been hurt or slighted in any way, I feel like that's one of the first things to go. Um, but I think I will try as hard as I can to make sure that I stay loyal to the people and the things that have brought me any sort of joy or have gotten me to like where I am today. Right. Um, so in hopes that my loyalty always stays, no matter what I think is, is super important. It's a part, it's, a, it's such a huge part of who I am and, and how I, how I go through my life. So I think loyalty. Mm, I love that. How does loyalty mm. show up towards yourself? Mm, I think it's, especially as I get older, there's so much power in yes, but there's also a lot of power in no and setting boundaries. So I think the loyalty to myself is, is not being afraid of saying no, or, or not even if it's just flat out no, or maybe it's how about this, or I'm going to question that. 
And I think like being loyal to myself in that way of like, if there are questions, if there are curiosities, if there are hesitations that I allow myself to figure out what those are and question the things that are uh, making those come up in myself. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. And again, this would, this would be a big tangent, but I'm hearing a little bit that loyalty to self necessary, and this is a human thing. So it's normal. Like it's, it's not like, Oh, you know, (laughs) because we are, we're primitive beings. But when you, when Mm -hmm. you talked about it and I've heard it before about loyalty to self, it's interesting how we bring up things like boundaries. It, It sounds almost like protection. Yeah. It almost well, implies that, right? It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think well, I just think it's important to have those things. Yep. But it's also loyalty to self in terms of like allowing yourself to experience new things. Mm. And maybe there are gonna be things that I didn't think I liked, but I actually do. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And allowing yourself to have new experiences, even though they might be scary, or maybe they're really exciting, or maybe they seem a little too good to be true. Mm. So I think it's just that, or it's just like, I think it's just an allowance. Of, yeah. I think it's just an allowance of life, right? To that's just a great, say yeah, yes. that's a great distinction. I love that, right? Yeah. It's, the, it's the allowance. It's this sort of trusting and knowing. Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah. And yeah. it just takes time too. Yep. It takes time. Yep. There are like certain things that I was like, oh, a year ago, probably wouldn't have said yes to that. But now, hell yeah, let's do it. Yeah. It's, so it's really cool how you, I have also like clocked that in my life to be mm. like, wow, it's so interesting that like, you know, Leanna in X year probably would have said no to that. But now because of life experience, I'm like, yeah, let's do it or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And that's kind of trusting yourself. That's trust too, isn't it? It's kind of knowing and believing in yourself. Yeah. yeah. Letting, letting go of the fear and staying loyal yeah. to the, come on, when I show up as me, I'm going to be fine. And I'm going to be loyal to that. I don't know what yeah. it's going to look like, but that's okay. True. Yeah. Right. Which is cool. And you're right. As you, the, you know, it's funny because confidence, if you want to say, or, you know, is, is a result, right? People always mm-hmm. say, I'll do it when I feel more confident. <laughs> the only way you get confident is by doing, is by, by doing. <laughs> yeah. It's a result. It's a result. Yeah. So, you know, and and so that's that's kind of what you're speaking to is right now that you can look back, everything that from here to here has led you to here. It was there, yeah. but it wasn't developed, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Super interesting. Super interesting. And how how do you want to be remembered? Huh. I think I think the way that I would want to be remembered is I think it's being a loving person. I think that is that is what I want. I think one of the qualities that I put to myself and in hopes that when people ask about me or to the people that know me, like what are the things like how would you describe Leanna is that I love love. And I think that that also encapsulates a lot of things. Like, yes, I also, I love love and I love loving people, but I also love very hard and really fully. And I'm not afraid of it, um, which is also interesting because I feel like I've been hurt a lot by it, but it's not even just in romantic sense. I mean, I, I mean, even like friendship wise, or like, I love the things that I do. Um, even though sometimes the things that I do really is painful when it doesn't work out the way I want it to, or when a relationship doesn't work out the way I want it to. Right. Um, so I think 
I would, I want to be remembered as someone who really loves in every, in everything that I do, not just in terms of relationship. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, it's really beautiful. I feel it. I feel it. It's visceral. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean that, that is like, that is, that is what, how I feel. Um, it's so funny. I mean, obviously I am a complex person, right? Um, but it always feels like my, my, uh, barometer of love is truly like always at, like it has to always be up here. And that's just kind of how I, how I, how I work. There isn't really an in-between. It's either I'm like, eh, or I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) Right. I don't really get lukewarm love, love over here. (laughs) That's funny. And you're okay with that, right? (laughs) I am. Cause that's just like who that is just who I am. I love that. When I asked you, what, if anything, do you think stands between you and who you want to be? It was interesting what you said. You said, I'd like to be more patient, a more patient person in certain aspects of my life. Talk to me about that. Yeah. I mean, I am a very proficient person. I like Mm. proficiency. I also, and this is some like, a double-edged sword. I, because I like proficiency and I think, you know, I say this too, because I have worked a lot of survival jobs and I think honestly, working the survival jobs have brought out the worst in who I am sometimes. Um, and I say this because like, I don't know, like I'm a very proficient person. I see things very logically. So when things as easy as like, I don't know, making coffee or something, when things just like don't happen correctly or, or they happen incorrectly, I'm like, how, how, how can something so easy be done so wrong? And I get so mad and I'm like, why am I mad? <laughs> I'm like it's coffee. Right. So it's just <laughs> like having the patience to be like, you've got to relax. Like you cannot be mad at a, f- a $15 an hour job. You know what I mean? So I think that like every time people are like, what gets in the way of like being the person that you want to be. And like when I'm in those situations, I tend to get so worked up and so angry. And I'm like, you know what, Leanna, it's so not worth it. Like you cannot be mad. You're getting $15 an hour. You're making fucking coffee. It's fine. So (laughs) that is where I would like to work on my being Zen and being like a good person is when I'm put in situations like that, (laughs) where I easily am like, well, because I feel like I've done it for so long that Mm. my, um, my tolerance for it is like literally at like zero uh, in some moments. So if it wasn't for survival jobs, I would be the happiest being in all the land. (laughs) Does that make sense? (laughs) Well, you know, what's really, what's really cool about that is you're not talking about hating the survival job. You're hating the inefficiency of what goes on and and it's it's like you know how to do it and when it doesn't get done that way it pisses you off is what it sounds like it pisses me off and it's just like i need to not be like it's it's like i it's like i need to just shift my perspective i'm like girl this is not your end this is not your end i'll be all just make the coffee get your check and go home like don't be mad just let it happen around you do your job and that's it and yeah. I need to but that's hard. That's hard for you because that's not who you it's are. It's really hard. You're exactly. All, I you're like an all-in kind of gal. You know. You yes. Wanna, yeah. Yes. I wanted it to be good. I want it, and I want to. I want to be a part of it all. And I'm like, I don't need to be a part of it all. I don't. It's <laughs> no. It's true. It's so interesting though because you, 
it's you're you know I'm, I'll call you out. It's it's judgment. I mean, I understand where it's coming from, and I understand yeah. that it's funny because there is a barrier there that that your your mind is telling you it's not it doesn't matter anyways because it's a dumbass job and you're going to be starring on Broadway. So who cares? That doesn't actually help you be who you want to be in that situation. It just makes it you more doesn't. pissed. No, it actually. It, yeah, oh my god, thank you. It literally makes me more mad. I'm like, no, like, but that's the thing. I am, I am still here, so I need to like, yes. I need to be putting. I need to be, you know, putting my best put, put forward. But sometimes, people, some things, and some people really test that patience for, for me. sure. But that's the, yeah. it's the universe though that is that is inviting you to not default to your strengths, which would be to fix everything and to do everything right and teach everyone how to do it efficiently. That's your strength, but you're, you're not going to use your strength. Yeah. Here. It's not, it's not asked for, but in, mm. in your, in your, you know, sharing with me, you know, I'm a complex person. This is an invitation to say, show us your, show us a different side of you here. Like go of, like go yeah. of what you can do to fix, let go of it. Yeah, not, be, oh, not because it's pissing me off, but because I have other aspects of me, and this yeah. is my invitation to to do that now. And then you can your it can become your practice. I like that. Maybe I will. I'm still serving that coffee. Maybe I will. I'm gonna do that. My next shift, I'm gonna be like Zen. I'm gonna let the things happen around me. I'm gonna make my coffees, and I'm gonna go about my merry day. See what happens what if do. you shift everything I'm else. Try. Will shift. Oh, I love it. I'm going to try it. I really am going to try it. And I've tried to, you know, sometimes I've set that intention. I'm like, I'm going to really try. And then I get five minutes and I'm like, <laughs> so well, I'm actually going to try. Well, yeah. And get, and don't try, just do. Okay. I'm going to do. Don't try. It, right. It's so true. When we say to our brain, I'm going to try. It indicates that there's good. It requires some mm, effort. A, like a struggle. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Ooh, then the goal like becomes that. to try not to it. actually do, just do it. Okay, I'm just gonna do it. Yeah, I'm let me know. You gotta text me and let me know. I'm gonna report back. I'll yeah, let please. You know. <laughs> I would love that. All right. So just to finish up, I am going to. Yeah, let's do this. Can you finish this phrase? Most people think. Uh, most people think Liana Concepcion is, but the truth is. So most people think Liana is, but Gosh. the truth is, yeah. Um, uh, that is hard. Okay. Um, most people think Leanna Ray Concepcion is this fun, lighthearted, bubbly person, but the truth is I am that and a myriad of other things like very disciplined, hardworking, sometimes needs help with her patience <laughs> but at the end of the day <laughs> it's a very loving hardworking bubble of a human i think that i think that helps encapsulate it <laughs> oh yeah i love that i love that all right you ready for rapid fire oh god yeah let's do it I'm all right rest. so i'm gonna say what makes you i'm gonna say a word and you're just gonna say what comes to mind okay okay so what makes you hungry Ooh, chips. <laughs> what makes you sad? Um, oh God, not having a dog. What inspires you? The people I, I work with. What makes you frustrated? Incompetence. That was easy. <laughs> <laughs>
what makes what makes you laugh? Uh, ooh, dad jokes. What makes you angry? Um, mm, 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 unfairness. What makes you grateful? Um, this life. <laughs> Are mm. you kidding? This whole this whole freaking life. <laughs> it's quite right. good right now. It's quite I, good. I love that. And what are the what are the top three things that have happened so far today? Today? Mm-hmm. Oh. Today? It's so early. It's 10 a.m. Um, this is a great thing that's just happened, this conversation. Um I received my daily call and I'm super excited to go to work. And I woke up before my alarm. Nice. Good thing. Yeah. That's always a great feeling, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So what is something that you are looking forward to both now? And then also what is something that you're looking forward to in the future? Mm, I am the most looking forward to, I think I'm the most looking forward to having our first audience in a week or a week away from our first preview. Holy cow. Um, wow. So that I am really looking forward to it. And I think the thing I'm looking forward to in the future is my mom is going to come see the show. So she's going to see me on a Broadway stage, uh, um, which I am like getting emotional thinking about it. Um, yeah. So I think I'm super excited for that. Yeah. That's going to be yeah. so special. I know. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Oh my God. So I'm all the way from California. You know, I have to let you go. I cannot thank you enough for joining me today. Thanks I mean, for having me. This was awesome. It's been my pleasure. I've been speaking today with Leanna Ray Concepcion. I'm Lisa Hopkins. Thanks so much for listening. Stay safe and healthy, everyone. And remember to live in the moment. In music, stop time is that beautiful moment where the band is suspended in rhythmic unison, supporting the soloist to express their individuality. In the moment, I encourage you to take that time and create your own rhythm. Until next time, I'm Lisa Hopkins. Thanks for listening.